Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Killer, man. Yeah. I'm doing great. We just had a very strange uh, short power outage. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think just one too many things on. The coffee pot, the roadcaster, the computer. Right. <laughs> A massage chair, a keyboard, a couple cell phones, printer. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is uh, uh, going to be our first episode of the New Year. Uh, brief admission from us, this is not actually the New Year. Not for us, not yet. This is the this is past Andrew and Everett speaking to you. We're right, right. We're coming to you from... December the 22nd. Another year. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, time travel. It's happening. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, you, you know, we've had uh, we've had sort of a, a weird time in the house. Just uh, still don't have a kitchen back. Uh, trying to navigate around the house without a kitchen is... Well, I'm trying to find coffee mugs and booze. That was the challenge this morning. <laughs> Wait, mission accomplished yeah. on both fronts? Yeah, we have coffee mugs, we have coffee, and we have wild turkey. Oh, speaking of coffee, keep keep him busy. Oh, okay. So, uh, I don't know how busy I need to keep him, but this morning, you know, we got here and we got on a. I've been here for an hour. I, I know that's rare for us. We usually get get moving pretty fast. Yeah, we usually get hammering. But this morning, we were discussing our uh, completely scientific and totally objective scoring metrics and uh, trying to incorporate price into this so that we can create a more uh comprehensive rating and objective evaluation of a watch but what we're running into we've worked i don't know probably six or seven different equations to account for price and what we were running into was that we found that basically if a score was 71 points or less and the price was 71 points you you were going to get or yeah the price was $71 you were going to get a inordinate bump in your score but mm-hmm. basically anything over the total amount of points available would unfairly advantage inexpensive I'll, I'll watch like a Timex easy reader yep and unfairly disadvantage say something like an explorer so we're still working on that uh on that equation and and neither Everett or I are um mathematicians by any means nope but we're tinkerers and, and so, we're capable mathematicians you know uh i i think that i was you know for a period of time an engineering major right and uh you, you have been in the army sort of concerned with with logistics and and the mathematical qualities <clears throat> of that so we both have experience in that um but to your to your point mathematicians we are not no but we are tinkering, folks, because we recognize that that is a gap in our completely scientific and totally objective metrics for scoring watches, and we're working on it. And shout out to Instagram user Skunkworks Watches because oh, yeah. he's the he's actually been the driving force of this idea. Uh, just you, you know, in our in our Facebook messaging or Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. Instagram brought to you by Facebook now. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that the other day when I was logging in. I was like, oh, that's a weird thing. Um, yeah, so uh, shout out to him. He He's sort of pinged us with this idea. We're refining, and I think we're probably leaning towards 
some sort of we're gonna do some programming uh yeah some sort of advanced saber metric ken palm mm-hmm. type deal where we get raw data and plug it in and give you a score and then and, and then we can publish that uh that algorithm too uh that seems it, it seems when i say those words like a totally stupid thing oh it is a totally stupid thing but we are serial hobbyists and dangerous tinkerers and as a result we're gonna get on it yeah and and i think that the idea of having sort of a proprietary algorithm metric for for rating scores is stupid in the kind of way that i really like yeah when we talked about it for an hour this morning (laughs) and and it was if if not for the fact that you have to leave today to catch a flight uh well we would still be still be plugging away on this we might even be learning to write an algorithm at this point so um anyway now we're on to on to other things in the new year. Not other things. Not other things. We're not on to other we're, things we're, yet. You're just trying to skip the whole fucking show, Andrew. You always do this. I know. I got excited. We're trying to get on to different <laughs> things and away from uh, letting uh, one hobby take control of another hobby. Uh, you know and, what? I, I, did, I, I did not get an opportunity to ask you how you are. I'm good. I'm, I'm very good. I'm not well rested. I'm, but I'm drinking coffee and wild turkey, so... You look well-rested, and I think that maybe that's uh, a, a product of the Heather Gray sweater. Nobody mm-hmm. in a Heather Gray sweater ever looks anything but comfortable and calm. Yeah. yeah. That's my thing. That's also my jam. Calm, cool, and collected. Even when you're not. Even, especially when I'm not. When you have got a baby at home screaming and a wife that's mad at you because you're devoting your time to this stupid fucking watch hobby and talking about algorithms for our advanced yeah. metric watch rating system while the baby is... I'm just ice cold laughing in his face while he cries. Destroying your marriage. You're <laughs> just... <laughs> I do that. I laugh in his face while he cries and screams. Calm, cool, collective. Yep, just laugh in his face. Like I don't believe you, man. You're a baby. Nothing can be that bad. <laughs> That's right. Although, I, I don't know. I, I've thought about this before, uh, probably more than I uh, have any reason to. But I, the idea of needing to, like, scratch that itch on my knee and not being able to do it because I lack the uh, dexterity. I mean, every pain that a baby feels is is probably the worst pain they've ever felt in their life. I mean, for yeah. a few days anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that will be hard. But there's also, there there's some some science to support that babies need to cry to support oxygen movement to their central nervous system. So once you kind of get on board and accept the fact that there are going to be times when that little asshole just cries, you just kind of, it just kind of becomes funny. It, it is funny. Yeah, it is funny. It is funny. And I think a joyful approach to babies crying is probably healthier for everybody in the yeah. long term, in the long run. I just heckle him while he does it. And, and if you feel frustrated, Andrew, set the baby down and walk away. Don't nope. shake that baby, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, don't don't shake that baby. Uh, when our first was born, we actually both had to sign not me and the baby, but me and my wife both had to sign a contract with the hospital that we would not shake him, and they asked us to put it on our fridge. Um, I don't and know. I'm going to instruct you as your attorney to <clears throat> not say anything else about your adhesion to that contract. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if like I wonder the effectiveness of that contract. Uh, none. No, yeah. legal effect is, is none. I, no, I mean, no, I mean like legal effect, because obviously that's a non-binding contract. It's a non-binding contract. But I'm contract, wondering the yes. efficiency and effectiveness of people getting at home and like wanting to shake a baby and happening to be standing in front of their fridge and they're like, nope, nope, I signed a contract to not shake this baby. You know, I bet it's, I bet it's astronomical. Uh, I bet just having that conversation, uh, having that conversation and making that pledge is, is some crazy order of magnitude 
uh, higher, you know, just being thoughtful that this is a thing that happens to people, uh, meaning, meaning the frustration, uh, and it happens to good people and bad people. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have a conversation with you about the fact that this is going to happen. The feeling is going to happen to you. And we're going to ask you to pledge to handle that this way. I bet that the effect that has is tremendous. You know, I, I don't know how many people shake their baby. Let's say it's, you know, two out of 10. I, yeah. I would bet that it has that number. Hmm. That would be my guess. Just you know, without any sort of data to back that up or whatever, just knowing what I know about human nature, because yeah. that's, that's what I do. You know, I operate in human nature and, and you do, you do, mm-hmm. you do as well, right? Um, uh, you, you, you know, operating in that human nature psychology, m- most of my job, most of my job is setting up expectations for a, my client, which I start doing the second they walk in the door. I start setting up expectations for my client the second they walk in the door. You know, it's funny. I see in bad lawyer movies or dramas, oftentimes these lawyers will say things. Uh, in, in fact, this, my my other thing it has a has a gr- some great lawyer scenes, uh, but we'll get to that later. But uh, watching Silicon Valley, uh, there's these sort of um, they're not they're not uh, uh, bad lawyers, but they're sort of caricaturized lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get these these lines that the lawyers say, and, and some of those lines are actually from my playbook. You know, if we wind up going to the mats on this thing, you're not going to like me at the end of this thing because you're going to have paid me a whole bunch of money, and I'm going to have fought you at crucial points, and there's going to be conflict within us. But just remember, as we sit here today, my only goal is to make this as efficient as possible for you to achieve as much of your goals as possible in as an efficient manner. And those two balance off each other. But so I watch these lawyer lines and they say, you know, you're going to hate me at the end of this, you know, which is this character as thing lawyers might say. That's effective, right? That's mm-hmm. effective to, to set people up. So yeah, I, yeah. I, expectation management is a huge part of human nature. You, you know, another one of my lines is, um, at some point, you're going to want to dig your heels in. And you're going to want to dig your heels in in a way that's going to cost you money. And you're going to justify it to yourself by saying, I would rather that person, I would rather pay for you, Everett, to do some work than to give that person a dime. And I'm going to caution you against that approach. I'm more expensive than they are? I, I usually am. I yeah. usually am. Not never circumstance. <laughs> in fact, some of these land land deals I use, I, I'm, I'm significantly less expensive than they are. However... Uh, that is a powerful line to tell to to give to people, and, and usually what I say, and I, I tell my wife this often, I, but I say, my wife loves Mexico, so however you want to go, we'll go that way. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that that approach gets me to Mexico and loses you money. Uh, you, I like that, you know. So there's this expectation management piece of what I do. I do the same thing, obviously, in significantly different ways with opposing counsel and opposing parties. You know, the letters I write and whatever. I'm doing the same thing. I'm using words. I think that the hospital is doing that thing, and I suspect that it's very effective. Hmm. I mean, I haven't shaken either of my kids, nor have I really ever had the urge to, but... Because of that contract? Almost certainly. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about watches? We could get there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about watches. We're going to do six watches today. 
Six Watches, we're going to revisit one of our most popular episodes of all time today. And I, I went back and looked, and I think it was episode... It had to be like two or three. Yeah, it had to be early, early. And then we did a, a rehash, I don't know, six months ago. Y- yeah, you know, we've only done this episode one time. Three for six? Three for six? Oh, no, maybe we've done no, it we've twice done it, now. We've done it twice now. This, so, is, this is part tre. This has been, uh, uh, over time, one of our most popular episodes or series of episodes, but... And, and I think that the reason for that is it's such a practical idea, right? Mm-hmm. It fits into our wheelhouse. It fits into most of our listeners' wheelhouse. But if I have 600 bucks today and an hour to spend it, what three watches am I going to get? Now, Sarb and two F91Ws. Right. <laughs> that's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's realistic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think what we're hitting on here is that we are... We're, we're, we're talking to the people who are looking to buy affordable watches. We're talking to to new listeners who are, or or maybe people who are new to the watch world, who are saying, "Okay, I've got I've got some money that I'm willing to spend on some watches. What do you what do you want to buy? Because every, everyone's got these ideas. You know, the, the first answer you're going to get from watch people: get an SNK, get an SKX, maybe look at a Mako, get an F91. You know, you're you're going to get a handful of of watches. And what we're trying to do here is expand the horizons to the the newly discerning watch purchaser and to maybe maybe ourselves you know I, I i think both times we've done this before i found a watch that i was either marginally or not familiar with today i went a little bit different route with it and mm-hmm. i think you actually we when we were texting about it we swapped places a little bit yeah on, on how we on how we do this which is which was a little bit weird but we're doing this for to expand the horizons to talk about some watches that maybe we are or are not familiar with mm-hmm. to expose some of the value that we can find in affordable watches and to round out what we both believe to be a pretty reasonable starting place for having watches that you can wear in Every day. You don't have to wear the same watch every day, but you've got to watch for every day of the week for every activity that you're going to undertake. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so we're going to use scores that we've already calculated. We're going to give you some scores today, average scores. These are these are 40 and 20 scoring provisions, 1.0, uh, which will be later revised. Uh, and we'll probably do a series or, or at least a show on, on that when the time comes, just to explain what that metric is. But for now, yeah, probably should. <laughs> these are, yeah, these are, these are going to be the, the old, old school metrics, um, still our current metric for scoring watches. Um, but yeah, should we get into it? Shall we? We shall. At 14 minutes? I, I would like to comment, though, that we are both wearing SNKs today. We are both wearing SNKs, so uh, I am still wearing my Traveling Watch Project SNK. Uh, your Traveling Watch Project SNK. Well, I mean, I haven't got it. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to wear it for the show? No, it's okay. I've, I've got, I've got it's mine. It's traveling. It's, the Traveling Watch is traveling today. Uh, I've, I've, I've been considering doing a mod on mine, because I have it. Mm-hmm. It's a watch that I wear occasionally, mm-hmm. but I think with a mod, I'd maybe wear it more. But I, I have it on that tan suede from cheapest natos yep and it's it's good you know eric from ea8 hates the fact that we wear these cheapest nato suede straps but i don't blame him uh yeah, they're like yeah. 12 bucks they i can't i cannot <laughs> describe how good a value that is you handed that to me and that that uh strap just has a great texture to it mm-hmm. uh obviously quality you're, you're not getting you're not getting fine leathers oh no you're not getting fine stitching um oh no you're getting really synthetic stitching but it totally it's, does the trick it absolutely does the trick it looks right uh what i have noticed is that the seam around the spring bars because it's one of the quick release spring bars yeah the seam is starting to crack and tear and i don't know if it'll survive the transition off of this watch and onto another one uh, it, where, it might where be it's drive it like you stole it man. yeah it might be its last watch 
Yeah, we're wearing we're both wearing SNK. You know, SNK, golly. What a they're, great watch. They're like 78 bucks on Amazon right now. You you know, the the much like uh much like talk of the economy's demise, the SNK's pricing demise has proven at at this point to be largely overblown. Yeah. Uh, apparently Seiko made enough SNKs and SKX to continue to fund demand many, many, many months beyond actually having stopping production of those. Uh, I mean I paid <laughs> I paid more for my SNK than it than you would buy it brand new today. I think I paid I paid a hundred bucks for it. <laughs> and I love the fact that you can readily get these things on bracelets now too. So Yeah. Well, without further ado, uh, let, let's get into the list. We'll talk just a little bit about parameters. Uh, remind folks, this the the pricing is based, so three watches for under $600. We have to be able to buy them today. We don't factor in shipping. Uh, so so the list price, the price you see in the window is the price. Um, they have to be um, a, a available to purchase immediately. No used watches, no speculative prices, uh, it's got to be something that you could buy today for that amount of money, which means for you that these prices may change and, and you may have to become creative and look for other options that mm-hmm. do similar things. Uh, but the idea was to give uh, each of us a fairly well-rounded three-watch collection for under $600. Justifications forthcoming. No SKX. No, no SNK. Well, I kind of picked a Mako. Yeah, you cheated a little bit, and as did I. Because I can't guarantee you that you can buy the Goodspeed Sonoma. Oops. Oops. So, oh, okay. So, a little oh, bit, little bit spoilers. of spoilers. Uh, and, and spoiler alerts. Without further ado, this is a watch that came to me from Instagram user Middle Six Feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- not directly, but sort of in an indirect manner. Uh, he sent me a link to a website called SakuraWatches.com. This is a Japanese website. Uh, does, that, is, does that make these all JDM? You know, I think most of these watches are JDM watches. Um, you know, I've realized I don't have my glasses. It'll be fine. Does that make a watch cooler if it's JDM? You know, we talked about that, didn't we? I, we did talk about that. I, I don't think it does, although although there's maybe an element of exclusivity. I think it makes it annoying. Being JDM? That you have to buy it from a Japanese website. Oh, well. And yet it can take a month for shipping. It doesn't bother me. I think it makes it annoying. <laughs> So th- this website is a w- is a website that has uh, enough sort of positive use and reviews that we're confident in telling you guys go there and buy watches, uh, which is not to give it any actual teeth or or any any promises about its reliability. Just we feel confident enough that enough people have successfully used this website to say, yeah, th- this is a place I would buy a watch from. I personally, Everett Meadows, would buy a watch from. Uh, and I suspect Andrew feels the same way. Yeah, I would buy a watch here. Buyer, buyer beware. Uh, you, you know, you you have to make your own decisions. However, we're not gonna we're not gonna pull up a, a watch from a website that we think is total junk. So, Middle Six Feet sent me this and said, "Hey, these are you know JDM Seiko watches, great prices." Um, I checked it out. I feel confident moving forward. Uh, but immediately upon pulling the link up, I found a watch that I'd never seen before, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. This thing's fucking epic. So $91, the Seiko Spirit Limited Model SBTQ043. Uh, one more time, SBTQ043. We'll try to get that in the show notes. We've been a little bit lax about that. And when I say we, I mean me. I might try to assign show notes to Andrew at some point. We'll see what how, how that goes. Show notes won't get done. 
But this is a, I would say, a sort of classically styled sport driver chronograph. Mm -hmm. uh, has elements of Omega, has elements of Hoyer. Yep. 60s, 70s. Um, chronograph elements it's not uh it, it, it's not terribly dynamic um, nor is it vintage inspired it just has those design elements that's right mm -hmm. that's right uh but but w with that said it's got nothing modern to it N nothing about this watch looks modern um perhaps the dial in some ways uh it, it is a little bit is a little bit modern it's got what i would call not syringe hands but just sort of stick type markers there's mm -hmm. probably a name for these hands that i i'm stick. just blanking on um, and, and it's actually just fairly unremarkable. Mm -hmm. I, I really, really do like the, uh, the integrated tachometer bezel, mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. that it, it, it is integrated into the case. And then however they're etching that in there, I don't know what, what their practice would be for it that. It just looks engraved and painted. Yeah. It, it's, it's just, it, it's just an integrated tachometer bezel. I like that. Well, I don't know that it's integrated. I mean, I think it sits on top of the watch. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, I, I think it does. It, it, it's just a standard sort of, it, it's like the SSB, uh, but it's steel. I think it's just a standard bezel. It even looks to me like it's possibly an insert. Um, but it, it's it's obviously not going to be a moving insert mm -hmm. uh, it, to any extent. Um, but this is just sort of a $91 quartz chronograph not going to hurt you, not going to break you, uh, and it's just going to work, 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 work. It's quartz. It's not mecha quartz. So this, as compared to the SSB, I probably lean slightly towards the SSB, but let's talk about some features because the features are good. It's hard lex, not sapphire, which is exactly what we'd expect at $91. We would not expect to see sapphire in a, in a $91 watch. But size, 38.5 millimeters Andrew, 38.5 millimeters. Jackpot. That is the... I think it'll almost look strange with a... on a small racing chronograph like that. Like, I, I, when I when I see a racing chronograph like this, I expect to see 40 to 42 millimeters. But yeah. at 38, I feel like that would almost look odd. I would love to see it in the metal. I'd love to wear it because that's a perfect size. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy one money. of these. It's going to be like wearing the the HK63, that that 38 millimeter, yep. but you're going to get all the size. I, I think this is going to be a killer wear on the wrist. So the reason this watch gets uh, the, the, you know, so 38.5, that's sort of in our wheelhouse. The reason I really, really, really like this watch is it's got 100 meters of water resistance. Which you'd expect out of us out of a Seiko chronograph, yeah. And that's uh, something that I love about most of Seiko's releases is that their water resistance is appropriate for the style of watch that you're wearing. This thing comes in six colorways. It comes in a uh, all of them with stainless bezels. So the the bezels on these are all stainless uh, or or silver, I should say, because I, I suspect they're aluminum. Um, but six colorways. It's got a blue dial. It's got sort of a champagne with gold accents. Not a big fan of that one. It's got, ah, I like it. Uh, it it's got a burgundy dial. Uh, it's got black with gold accents, which I'm pretty sure is the one I'm going to buy. I like that one. It's got a black dial, black and white, sort of classic Speedmaster, and then more of a white, although I suspect this is maybe champagne-ish um, mm -hmm. in color, you know, sort of off-white cream uh, which which is totally fine and I and I think that if if that's sort of your uh, if that's your jam, you're gonna find a color of this you like. 
91 bucks. It's quartz. It's standard quartz, not mecha quartz. Uh, killer, man. It says it's got glowing hands and glowing markers also. You kind of expect that. <laughs> Moving on to 1792, we collectively rated this thing uh, a 54 on our scale. When I average our two scores, I had a 55, you had a 53, or vice versa. You had a 55, I had a 53, uh, which is an incredibly high score. In- incredibly high. I mean, that's up there with, you know, probably 80th percentile of our of our high scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to get into pretty special watches to get higher than that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic watch. That's number one. And, and at 91 bucks, come on. And at 91 bucks, I think that you can get this, not worry about it, be able to wear the shit out of it. Comes on a bracelet. Uh, it's got standard lugs, non-integrated lugs, which are 20 millimeters. Um, yeah, yes, yes. You know, I say 20. I believe they're 20. They may be 18. Uh, I don't see it anywhere here listed, but they look to me like 20 millimeter lugs. So some risk that you get uh, a funky size and and it's i can find this on rakuten and i can find it here at sakura so the no reviews of this thing from what i can tell so who that knows that kind of makes sense for a 90 dollar watch who's who's doing reviews on 90 dollar watches besides us yeah so i am at uh i am at uh two watches or one watch right now 91 bucks i'm going to go into my second watch and this is the watch that i think is is this this is your your cornerstone your foundational watch? Yeah, I, I don't know. I actually, you know, we, we've talked about this methodology too, right? Do you pick a single cornerstone that you really love and, and then go sort of cheaper, or do you um, do you sort of come in with three evenly keeled watches? I think I went with a little bit of a hybrid this time. I have two watches here that I think are pretty neat. Um, and one watch that I think is a little bit less neat. So the Seiko, the first watch, is my little bit less neat watch, but it's going to provide versatility in the way of functionality. So 1790 chronograph movement. Uh, however, it's probably of the three the one I would love the least. But it's getting you a chronograph in the collection. It's getting you a banger in the collection, which is something that is essential for somebody to be able to go anywhere, do anything. That's right. And, and and so this, my collection is going to wind up being a little bit less diverse in terms of uh, sportiness versus dressiness. So so the dive watch I've picked, because you got, I, I say you almost have to have a dive watch. This is a Mako 3, quote unquote Mako 3 automatic watch. And I say quote unquote because the Mako 3 is the Kamasu. Yep. Uh, so Joma Shop has been calling these the Mako 3, uh, but this is the same watch that we know as the Kamasu. Uh, w- what that means for you, that means you're getting a diver with Orient's sort of new, upgraded um, base model automatic movement, which is a fantastic hacking handwriting movement. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way, it gets uh, it's going to get a fairly good movement score, uh 42 millimeter case 13 millimeter thickness 22 millimeter lugs it's sort of diver staple sizes 200 meters uh sapphire yep that's the big upgrade from the mako 2 into the kamasu slash mako 3 is going to sapphire and upgrading that movement uh you, you you know the this new uh, iteration of the Orient dial, which we've talked about on the show, but we really like. Um, it, it's got non-derivative font on the bezel, which I love. The bezel sort of love it or hate it with the Mako Ray line. It's got those 
indentations, uh, which it, means that you can't get a, you know, bezel inserts are tough to come by. Uh, they did just release, uh, I forget who, you sent it to me recently, somebody's doing inserts for the Orient. Um, but one thing I like about this bezel change is that the indentations aren't so polished. It doesn't look like a jewel-encrusted bezel anymore. You know, my guess is it's exactly the same. That's my guess. But. It looks it looks a little bit different, even in, even in photographs. If you look at if you look at uh, at pictures of the of the Mako Ray lineup, it looks a lot more polished than this. And it could just be photography. Without seeing one in person, I don't know. Yeah. But my assumption is that these are a little bit more subdued. So hollow end links on this guy, which is fine because this guy is coming in at. $209. I picked the green. I've picked the green version. Now, not everybody's going to love this. Green was the one of these that I could that I could fit into the budget. Uh, but 209 bucks for this watch is an incredible bargain on a bracelet. That standard oyster style bracelet that you're going to that you're going to know and love. Um, the versatility of this watch. This is sort of my versatile piece. This is the piece that I can wear to work. Uh, that I can wear on the weekend with a t-shirt. This is sort of uh, chief versatility in mm -hmm. my collection. Uh, I, I don't have a dress watch in my collection. I think that between this and that 38 and a half millimeter chronograph, I'm going to have to make do in this collection because my next watch is certainly not, not a dress watch. Bill, yeah. But at $209 um you plus the 91 plus the 91 i am right at i am i am right at 300 dollars, which leaves me just enough Ooh. room for my third watch my third watch mm. it, and this is a watch that i've wanted to talk about on the show for a couple weeks because uh i recently learned of it this is a watch that we've talked about in a previous iteration on the show but this is the boulder venture uh, a few months ago, Boulder had reintroduced their Venture Watch. And I think what they did, I think what Boulder has done is taken the Boulder Venture, which uh, was a very, very good watch. A very good watch. And they fixed everything about it that I didn't like. Yep. They fixed everything about it I didn't like. So, um, you, you know, the Boulder Venture is a watch that's sort of been making the rounds. It's this a very affordable titanium field watch. But this thing had ridiculously long lugs. Stupid long. It had a funny case, uh, a case that that I didn't love. Um, it was sort of, I, I think it leaned a little bit too much towards uh, authentic and innovative design, which shouldn't be a bad thing. But I think in the case of the Venture, they pushed it just a step too far to be a truly versatile watch. Yeah, they, they took it into the category of novel. And, and so I think what they've done with this is they've pulled it back. They've mm -hmm. pulled it back um, a, a little bit. They've pulled it back a little bit. They've made it a little bit more standard, but, but still maintaining some edgy, angular mm -hmm. design focus. Still a titanium case. Still 38 millimeters. It's got a semi-hooded lug now. A semi-hooded lug. Um, 200 meters of water resistance, a fantastic, a fantastic printed matte dial. What Total, about that crown? Uh, excellent crown. Yeah. And, and and that was one of the things that you and I both really liked about the original Boulder Venture mm -hmm. was the crown. It just felt good. It felt good in your hand. Mm -hmm. It turned really well. Um, it looks good. So 
this is going to round out my collection at $299, which is, is a chunk of change, but what you're getting for that is 200 meters water resistance. Titanium case. A titanium case. You're getting an NH35. Uh, same same movement that is known and loved the world over hacking hand winding base model Seiko movement um, you're getting a 20 millimeter lug that's going to work with all your favorite straps you're getting a 42 millimeter lug to lug so 38 millimeters on the diameter case diameter mm-hmm. 42 millimeter lug to lug literally any human being in the world is going to be able to wear this watch. Yep, and with those semi-hooded lugs, it's not going to stretch the way that that previous one did. Because I imagine the lug-to-lug on the original iteration was probably 45, uh, maybe a little bit less, but with the length of those lugs and the placement of the spring bar depression, you just you couldn't do anything with it. They were too long. It had weird gaps. Uh, even Even with the benefits of it being titanium and how well designed and how good looking this watch it just it wasn't a jackpot winner and i they they clearly didn't listen to us to correct these issues but they have corrected all those issues i love this case shape i think this field watch looks terrific with the semi-hooded lugs i i love field watches with hooded lugs Uh, i know that isn't necessarily the most traditional but i think it it plays so well into wearing it on nylon because a watch like this is only going to go on nylon maybe a leather pass-through but this is this is designed to be worn with a nylon pass-through strap you know i think i really like this this watch on suede i haven't seen it on suede obviously but i think that this watch would slay on suede it would look it would look killer but this but everything else about this watch i just feel like it screams nylon and and the nice thing about this is one of the things that i almost didn't like about that first iteration wearing it was how light it was. It, it yeah. feels like you're not wearing a watch at all. It, right. It's like wearing an F91. There's no weight, nothing. You you can absolutely forget that you have this watch on. And you, that's still going to be the case with this one. Yeah, but you know what? I, 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 I'm still kind of on the fence about it. But it's, it's a super comfortable watch. If you're concerned about feeling like you have a bulky watch on, concerns beware. This, I think, is a really terrific collection for go anywhere do anything you've got the dive you've got the beaters you've got a semi-dress decision to make between your spirit and the kamasu mm-hmm. um enough that you could you could put a suit on and not feel out of place mm-hmm. uh I, that, that's a killer lineup you, you know when i think about when i think about the classic sort of military watch um w- w- you know whether that be a dirty dozen or uh, an A17 or uh, whatever. I, I think that this is maybe uh, a very good option for a modern interpretation of that. Um, having to do with the size and uh, the the versatility of this thing, I, I think that this is a very, very, very good modern, totally modern, mm-hmm. because it's not at all derivative or retro there's nothing retro about this watch. no this is cutting edge modern design but it still does all the things those watch do you know you, you what those watches do it's got a big 12 hour numerals it's got 24 hours on an inner track it's going to be low extremely low reflection um the loom on this thing i assume is going to be just totally killer um, I, and I don't see here that it's got BGW nine, but that's what I, I, I it's not the W nine cause it's green. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be some mm-hmm. sort of super luminova is my assumption. It says Japanese super loom, super loom. Okay. Well, who knows? Or Japan super loom. 
Uh, yeah, no, I think that this is great. This is going to be a totally uh, hug hug your wrist. Yep, easy to wear, fit under uh, fit under uh, ACUs. Phenomenal field watch for super light. Wear it swimming. You got two hundred meters of water resistance. Yes. This is going to be a really good beach day watch, a snorkel watch. This is a this is a killer. This is what a field watch should be. Yep. Yep, 100%. So at 299 bucks, that brings me to 599, which Woo! I think is as close as either one of us has ever come to the uh, to the overall yep. uh to the overall price. I think my last one was like 597. We've both been very close. And, and you know what? I was not as close this morning because that Seiko Spirit from Japan was coming in at 90 yesterday. Yeah. And it went up to 91 today, and I think that's a get uh, it while it's hot. <laughs> A buck a day? Gosh, you can't wait much longer. So five hundred ninety nine. So talk real quick. Uh, you know, we talked about the Orient. You know, we're generally speaking, where the Orient comes in. Uh, that thing came in today, right around fifty four, averaging our scores. So we've got a, um, we've got that Spirit coming in at fifty four. We've got the Orient Kamasu coming in at fifty four, and then the fifty, the Boulder Venture. 56 and a half mm-hmm. which is up there with some of the best some of the best watches we've ever we've ever scored in this system and to compare it the speedy gets a 57 yeah and the sarb gets a 59 and i yeah. think sarb is sort of our benchmark at this point for best watches of all time yeah. so in the uh, way of value and in the way of uh, everything about it with regards to our specific scoring platforms mm-hmm. as it sits right now the sarb is is our best score and we're which i mean just inches away from that so um yeah for for 600 bucks that seiko spirit sbtq the orient kamasu and 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 we'll link to the sakura website if you want to buy one of these we'll link to that sakura website um the orient kamasu for 299 bucks or 209 bucks at joma shop and the boulder venture for 299 that's my three watch collection uh I, i think it's a good one I'm very happy with it. I concur. I went a little bit different direction with with my three watch collection. Well, let's get into yours. Let's do it. So I got first up a watch that we've talked about and a watch that, like I said, uh, a little bit of a spoiler earlier, I didn't check to see if this Kickstarter was still available or, or whether or not these were, where they were in production to be able to purchase. I know you're going to be able to get them. I don't know if you can buy it today. That being said, First up, we've got the Goodspeed Sonoma. Goodspeed Sonoma, and in which version of this? Because this comes so so the the version that I liked the best is the black with the Pepsi bezel. So is that the PVD case yep, or the, is it the PVD with the Pepsi bezel? It, it's it's money, and I I think one of the things that I liked the most about it was when we asked, like, so what's up with the GMT bezel on a chronograph? That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, okay, man. That I have, I have no argument with that. And this comes in in the four color ways. You've got stainless with a black bezel. You've got stainless with a Pepsi. You've got black PVD with a black bezel and PVD with a Pepsi bezel. They all look good. Yep. There is one of these for everyone. And what I liked the most about this this Kickstarter campaign, there really was a watch for everyone. Yep. You've got a quartz movement option, and you've got a mechanical option. And for that reason, it got a little bit higher score from me in the way of movement, got one point more in the way of movement because you have that option. You have the versatility between buying a quartz or buying a ST1901. The quartz is, ooh, shoot, I don't remember it off the top of my head. It's a Seiko quartz. Uh, 
So you've got two very good options for movement and you've got choices. That's mm-hmm. something that I really like. And you get to pick. You don't just get whichever one they've, they've got on top of the pile when you buy that watch. You're going to get this watch or this watch. But anyway, you've got the... So the trim level B is a Miyota 6S21, yeah. which is Miyota's sort of yeah. run-of-the-mill chronograph movement. Uh, before you... Be, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about this watch some more because it's a fantastic watch. Oh, yeah, I'm not ready to move on. We're still talking about this watch because <laughs> there's also... But wait, I want to give a quick shout out to Jeremy Burlingame from Goodspeed Watches because <clears throat> we talked about Goodspeed in our best best watches of 2019 roundup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it seems that there's this feeling in my heart that all of the good, all of our favorite watch people, sort of watch industry people are named Eric. Yeah. Because there's a ton of them. There's a ton of Eric's out there, whether mm-hmm. that's uh, EMG or EA8. Uh, you, you know, we just have all these Eric's. And so Goodspeed feels to me like it's one of the Eric's. And so when we were referring to Goodspeed, I said, oh, yeah, we had Eric on the show. Oh, you did. And I didn't even catch that. His name is Jeremy Berlingame, you guys. Um, yeah. And so, Jeremy, uh, I've already talked to you about this, but sorry about that. We know who you are. You've been on our show. Uh, and we, you. and we really like you. Yeah. It just felt like such a dick thing. Uh, oh, in, in fact, asshole, er, so. Eric from uh, Eric from EMG reached out to me and was like, eh. I think you guys screwed this up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we did. Probably. Uh, we do that a lot. That's kind of our thing. You, you know, uh, I, I, I want to say, and, and then I'll turn this mic, mic back over to you. Uh, but we're not sharing a microphone just so you guys are clear. Wouldn't that be funny if we did? We if just, we just had it like on a lazy Susan? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it, Jeremy, not Eric, uh, but maybe Eric. Uh, Jeremy has reintroduced this in, not reintroduced, but come out with another all gold version of this. Ooh. A gold PVD with, version of with this. With not... Uh, like fotina loom too. Yeah, with, with the white with loom. white loom. So gold sub dials, white loom, gold markers, all gold. Uh, PVD on the case and the and the beads of rice bracelet, and and I don't know when this thing's gonna be coming out. Uh, but I think it'll be sometime early 2020. Hopefully, it's also available in the court's 175 seventy five dollar version. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. So uh, that's that's baller. Uh, in gold PVD, the quantities will be severely limited to being made initially. Uh, oh, no quartz version. So just oh. the ST1901 on this guy. So, um, but Well, then you can't get this one in my collection. That's <laughs> Sorry, y'all. But still, what, 275 for the... Is I think it? 375 for the uh, ST1901s, 175 for the quartz version, You've got the beads of rice option. You've got that leather strap option. I really, really dug the leather strap. The buckle was a little bit, uh, a little bit stiff right at the at the clasp initially. I think some some wear in time would flatten that out. Which is where the where the buckle buckles. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to better just you, better say that, but yeah, no, you know, at this price range, we've we've seen very sort of bad. Mm-hmm leather straps and then more commonly i think with boutique or or micro brand makers we see you know really reasonable leather straps mm-hmm. uh not anything that's going to knock your socks off certainly <coughs> not as something as good as an ea8 leather strap uh just in terms of the care and the attention to detail and the construction however these are firmly in that better than bad camp is that right oh yeah they're good they're good they're good they're, they're good. good there's there's nothing to complain about nothing to write home about perfect shoes or your watch and yeah. if you want to really really punch this watch up an ea8 leather rally strap was just uh that's gonna take it to the next level or even that beads of rice you can upgrade to the beads of rice on that because i think this would be 
also killer on a bracelet. I was hoping he would send us both, but you know, whatever. We got yeah, it for yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these guys had so many, only so many press models, and we get what we get, and yeah. we're very thankful to him for doing yeah, that. Yeah, so. we loved it. I, I wouldn't, I, if, yeah. So I'd like to keep it. So at 175 so, yep, bucks. This is $175. This scored at a, uh, I gave it a 50. You gave it a 48. So right at 49. Yep. So a 49 average. And this is scoring right up there with, with some of the greats that we've scored. Mm-hmm. And this is the sportiest watch mm-hmm. that I'm going to include in this, in this rewatch collection and super affordable at 175 bucks. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And we got, so, so let's move on. Okay. Let's, let's move on to our, to, to the next up. And this is on my to the next one. Yeah, next Jay, up. Jay-Z. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who's that? <laughs> next up, we've got, uh, what I used for the dress option in my collection. Did you give me shit about calling this a dress watch recently? I, no, no, no. It's a dress option. Okay. This is not a dress watch. It's close. It's very close. Very close. We've got the HK Ed 1963. In any colorway you can want. Any colorway you can want. Uh, Well, not right now. Right now, we've got the cream and blue, the very traditional Chinese Air Force looking colorway. We've got the cream and black. The, the the panda or the the, the, the reverse panda. Yep, yep, we've got the panda. We've got the uh, sunburst blue and cream, which I really really like. Uh, the cream and gold, the blue and blue, the green and cream, and the green and green. So really, I, the only thing you can't get is the black on black on black. I I still want him to do this. I still want him to do this with a uh, that that beautiful emerald green sunburst with gold markers. That'd be dope. I've talked to Eddie about this in the past. HK Ed Eddie say. Uh, are you ever going to do that? And he says, eh, no plans to do that currently, <laughs> which to me means there's a chance. I mean, it, so what you're saying is there's a chance. It, that's what I'm gathering. But I, I also bet, I, I bet you could probably reach out to him and get those dials. You, they you, exist. You, you know, maybe, maybe. Or you just do a mod. You're talking about changing the markers. These are applied markers. I mean, you're talking about getting uh, getting the green with the silver markers and getting, say, the cream with the gold markers and swapping out, like not just swapping the hands, because right, that would do part of it, but actually removing the markers from the dial. You have a magnifying glass. You have fingers. <laughs> you have tweezers. It, you've, it, you've got an X-Acto knife. Eddie, is there any chance we could get this? <laughs> we could get you to do this where I don't have to remove markers from it i think i think you could do it so we all know and love the hk ed 1963 it's the st 1901 movement it is a super traditional hand wind mechanical hand wind mechanical pilot's chronograph born of the chinese air force these are beautiful watches 38 millimeters yep 38 millimeters great lug to lug full polish polish case it, this is the kind of watch that you can wear in lieu of a dress watch. Mm-hmm. This is also on nylon and a very appropriate jeans and a t-shirt watch. Yep. It has everything you want out of a versatile watch besides this, some size and water resistance is really the, right. it's really the bummer <laughs> here. And there's also some, some potential issues with the 1901 serviceability, some of the durability in there. It's going to lose some points there. Uh, we, you have this scored at a, uh, 
45? Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, I think... I, no, I have this scored at 45. Yeah. Yes, 45. Out of 45, that's about... I, I think I'm, I'm at a 47 when I scored it. We only have average scores in front of us today. So we're, we're looking at an average 45 to 47, so a 46-ish. And, and the reason the reason the HK Ed struggles... Uh, loom and water resistance. Yes, no loom, no water resistance. Everything else is terrific. If this got even 50 meters of water resistance, you're looking at a at a north of 50 score a little bit of loom you're looking in in the in the low to mid 50s for this yep. but for the purpose of a sort of dress watch for a dressy option mm-hmm. this is killer and and i think a chronograph is important to a collection i think a dress watch is important to a collection mm-hmm. and now we've got two chronographs but one that can serve as a as a dress function because you're just not going to be able to even with the gold especially with the gold, I think, good speed. You're not going to be able to make that a dress watch, but that's going to be a terrific sport watch. I don't remember the water resistance on it is... 100 meters. 100 meters. That's all you're going to need. I'd like more, but that's all you're going to need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, in defense of in defense of the dress watch, and, you, you know, I, I think what we would expect to see is a drop off on a true dress watch. We'd expect to see yeah. that not do as perform as well in our scores. So by the I nature of our scores, it has to. I don't. We, I, we haven't rated a ton of dress watches uh, in, in this category, but I think again, not a dress watch, but to the extent that we're gonna we're gonna use this as a dress watch placeholder, I think that it's as good as anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. This the Sarb is something different. The Sarb is not a dress watch. The Sarb is a sport watch. This is got elements of a more pure dress watch it's Mm -hmm. it's smaller than the sarb it wears smaller than the sarb the one thing i don't like about this watch and this is a design aesthetic it's got these very long lugs i love that that the boulder venture suffered from weeping long elegant lugs for a dress dress e not a dress watch but a dress e watch yeah, they're, it, they're they're defensible, right? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. In this in this context, they're defensible because they're they're by design to be very elegant lines, and they they perform terrific. It's great on leather, it's great on nylon. This is a winner, versatile ish watch. So I'm getting this coming in at two sixty. Do you have a different price? No, I got two sixty on it. Okay, so so two hundred and sixty dollars with your hundred and seventy five dollar, we're up to what four fifteen. So that leaves you some room. A little that bit leaves of room. you some room. A little bit of room. I actually came in pretty under today. I came in at about 550 money. Well, you're leaving money on the table for a strap or something, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to need one you're for gonna, this watch. <laughs> you're going to need one for this watch. Last up, we've got the AM Diver mod of the Boktok Amphibia. And this is the Vostok Amphibia that we all are familiar with some of us love it some of us hate it but i wanted a true a true dive watch in this collection because i think a dive watch is really important and we've got a good sport watch in the good speed we've got a and a versatile watch at that we've got a sort of versatile dressy chronograph in the hk ed 63 i wanted to add something a little bit fun something that is just going to be a pure weekend jeans and t-shirt beach versatile watch in that category and that's why i went with the vostok amphibia and the nice thing about the am diver platform it's kind of their bummer too it's all in the am diver ecosystem so their bezels fit their their crown or fit fit their uh their bezel inserts fit their bezels 
So you're a little bit limited in your options in the way of mm-hmm. of changes, but there's so many options from them. So the the model and design that that I like the mostest is the black dial with the orange scuba dude diver at the six o'clock ish. And it's not the the kind of twelve to three scuba dude that you expect. Yeah, your scuba dude sort of centered. Yeah, on the, kind of kind of dead centered with a six o'clock date window. In the uh, it's the four ten case, I think is what I like on it. Yeah, it's and the nine ten. This is the, the min- 10, yeah. ministry case. Yeah. yeah. So the ministry case, you've got there <laughs> any any amount of of strap slash bracelet options. I can't speak to any of their bracelets. I can't imagine they're going to be great. I can't imagine they're going to be better than good. I don't know if they'll be bad. Yeah, you know, I can speak to the their at least their, you know, 12 months ago um NATO strap options which are fine. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. Just fine. Yeah. That's all. Uh but you're getting this at 120 bucks. This killer innovative kind of revolutionary dive watch at 120 bucks. I don't know what shipping is. But you're 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 gonna get this dive watch that's terrific. It's gonna do all the divey things. It's gonna have some quirks. It's gonna be an introduction into Russian watches. It's gonna be an introduction into kind of not necessarily a vintage watch, but these all feel like vintage watches. When when you when you put on a, a Vostok, it it feels like it was produced in the 70s and 80s. Nothing has changed. You've got in a wealth of parts and mod options out available in the world for you. I think this is a killer dive watch for a three watch collection of somebody entering the watch world to get something fun, different, and super functional. Yeah, you you know I I agree with you. And and the thing I like about AM Diver is a thing that that many folks do right. So whether it's Dave Murphy or uh, some of these aftermarket um, third party mod sellers. They've they fixed the one issue with the Vostok, which is the, the bezel. Fucking that, bezel. Which is really crappy. Um, some people like it, 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 and I can actually see that, and I feel that too. But I want more of a, a modern sort of bezel, and this fixes that. You're not going to get clicks. It's going to be a friction bezel, mm-hmm. which has its place, and, and I actually don't, in, in my life, don't have any sort of need for a unidirectional 120-click bezel. Uh, it's kind of fun. I want a bidirectional 60-click. I love that yeah, tactile feedback of that of those sixty clicks. The hundred, the hundred and twenty is just too many clicks. Yeah, you can't click it just once. It's a little ticky. Yeah, I want I want bidirectional sixty yeah. clicks. Yeah. I like that tactile feedback when I rotate my bezel. But so this is going to have a this is going to have a friction bezel. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. It, it's going to feel very modern. These AM Diver Coin Edge bezels are manufactured to very 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 high standards. Uh, and and their aluminum inserts, they've got a ton of options for aluminum inserts. But as Andrew suggested, and as we've talked about at length, uh, yeah, twenty options. You, you're limited to their ecosystem, though, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and furthermore, changing these things uh, is a little bit uh, cumbersome. And, and the reason for that is they've got two different sizes of inserts, and I don't know why this decision was made, and, and I don't know if they fixed it or if they're planning on fixing it. Um, because we haven't talked to these guys, but you can't you can't always swap these things. Some of their Omega style inserts are a different size than their more traditional uh, Rolex style inserts. So uh, depending on depending on what you're doing, um, 
you know, you can still get the 710 case. The actual size of the bezel is the same, uh, but the insert style size is a little bit different. And I ran into this when I swapped my my insert on mine out, and I actually had to file the insert down. Mm-hmm. And I think I did a reasonable job of that, but it, it's not perfect. It's noticed filed. Like yeah, noticeably filed. It, if you get in there, certainly if you get in there with a loop, or even if you just look carefully at it, you can see that that it's been it's been modified. So uh, something to know, something to think about. But if you just nail it the first time, you're going to have zero issues. And great watch, great choice. Thank you. Yeah, great choice. And that rounds out my three watch collection at 550 money. You've got some, you got a little bit of money to replace uh, the potentially catastrophically bad bracelet. Because I think you should get it on a bracelet. You're not paying any more for the bracelet when you buy it from AM Diver than if you buy it from a, than if you buy it on a NATO. Risk the bracelet. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that's right. You know, looking at our two collections, so again, I'm uh, that Seiko Spirit, uh, mm-hmm. Seiko Spirit Chronograph, Orient Kamasu slash Mako, quote unquote, Mako 3, and then the Boulder Venture. Uh, you came in with the, Two chronograph collection with the good speed Sonoma, mm-hmm. the HKID 1963, both chronographs, but as different as chronographs come. Yep. A very sort of traditional 70s style racing chronograph, very sporty, and then probably one of the dressiest chronographs you can buy for under $500 today. I think the most dressy chronograph you can buy for under five hundred dollars and, and then your and then your standard dive watch i've probably got a little bit more collective water resistance in my collection um than than you do which which is fine um you but you've got a watch with this am diver that you can wear in any circumstance um you can throw it at somebody and it's going to be okay yeah that's right you, you you know minus the polished case right which uh you i think you've actually picked this up in the I, mat in the case. mat yeah um you you, you know our, our collections are different, but but in an attractive way because it gives you some options. Uh, we talked a little bit about this when we started, or you talked a little bit. We, we've sort of switched directions. Mm-hmm. I think you, you've picked a, a sort of nerdy watch insider selection versus mm-hmm. mine, more of a uh, entry-level uh, non-insider collection mm-hmm. of cheap stuff. A uh, ton of great options here, a ton of stuff to play with. And and realistically, no one's budget's fixed to an exact dollar amount. So um, between these six watches, I think anybody in the world could come in with with a, just a Timex Ironman on their hand, pick up a three-watch collection that they could hammer home and be totally happy with. Yeah, if you pair any one of these three watch collections with a 5600, you might not have to buy another watch or an Ironman any one of those utility sport watches that are designed to be bomb proof. Right. Right. Well, good work here. High five. We did it. We did it. Three watches for 600, nay, six watches for $1,200. All the choices are here. You guys go get, go get yourself some watches. Other things, Andrew, my man, go. Okay. So, Netflix recently uh, posted to to their their library uh, a Discovery Channel mini series called Manhunt, the Unabomber. I love it. Did you watch it? I haven't. No. So it is a highly artistic licensed story of the Unabomber hunt, and it's told in two 
time periods, kind of in parallel. You've got 1995 Hunt for the Unabomber and 1997 kind of prep for trial. And it is a terrific story. Now, that being said, it is not at all true to the real story in that the main character really wasn't the main character of the investigation. Uh, but it is... So who is the focus of the show? The focus of the show is a FBI agent, uh, James Fitzgerald. I think James Fitzgerald? doesn't matter. FBI agent Fitzgerald, who is part of the behavioral analysis unit, and uh, in the show, pioneered forensic linguistics for the purpose of capturing the Unabomber. Now that's that part's kind of real, but the the not so real part is that if you look into the actual investigation and some stories and op-eds written by uh, agents who uh, watched the show and then uh, made some comments on it, Homie wasn't as critical a part of the investigation as the show would have you believe, but he makes for a really good main character in the course of a dramatization of a real story. Uh, it is, I forget his name. He's a British dude. Um, he was the main character in Avatar when he wasn't blue. Uh, you've got actors that you recognize throughout it. Really great acting, really great story writing. I will say though that the British guy did lose his American accent one time. To such a degree that my wife even noticed it, and she doesn't notice things like that. But he, he dropped an ideas <laughs> uh, when he was talking about his. Are ideas. we talking about Sam Worthington, or are we talking about Paul, Sam Worthington, Paul Dettany? Sa- Sam Worthington. Uh, he 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 dropped an ideas. Uh, all the rest of his American accent was was really damn good, but for the one ideas that apparently they didn't catch in in post. You know, my grandma likes to throw things in the washing machine. Yeah, it's so yucky. <laughs> That's so yucky. <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was really well cast, really great storyline. Uh, I dug it. We watched it, um, gosh, in like over the course of two days, uh, cause we're, we're both on parent leave. Uh, so we have a lot of time to, to watch Netflix cause you can't really do much with a newborn. You sort of just have to sit there and wait for him to cry. Uh, so we watched this. It's a really <laughs> good story. Uh, for those of you who are true, uh, who want like a docudrama this maybe isn't it but in the way of kind of telling the general story a good story good character development uh this is definitely worth a watch so this is uh got paul you know paul Dettany, yeah. aka vision uh sam worthington and then chris noth of law and order fame mm-hmm. this yeah great cast it, great lineup and i i always remember paul bettany from his uh role in a knight's tale yeah when he's trudging down the road naked, is is a Knight's Tale one of the one of the most underrated movies of all time? It's a, no, it's a, it's not a good movie. A Knight's Tale? Yeah. God, I love it. It's not a good movie. It's not a. It's not even a. Have you watched it recently? I'm sure it doesn't hold up. I probably haven't watched it in a decade. A Knight's Tale is, I think, arguably no. one of the most underrated movies of the last twenty years. I love it. No. Uh, and, and and I don't think I don't think that it's uh, emotionally uh, fantastic or or philosophically fantastic. It's just enjoyable. It, no, okay, so it is enjoyable. And if if we're if if we go by my rating scale for movies, which is if you have to check your watch during the movie, it's not a good movie. Then it's a good movie. I won't 
I won't see that it's one of the most underrated movies of the of the last 20 years. I will the, watch it again. The reason I think it's underrated is because people will think about A Knight's Tale and think, oh, that's goofy, and it's it's this Heath Ledger, and they sing, and it's stupid. With that said, it's one of the most enjoyable movies I can remember watching. I cannot, I cannot say uh, that at any time watching this movie, I ever thought, oh, that's stupid. It was all just joy, total joy. Which I it's think it's a fun movie, fun and joy, it's, joy. But it is. Uh, I'll watch it again. I will reserve judgment until I watch it again. But can we, we can we talk about this the next time we record? Yeah, when we circle you, back to this next week, I will watch I'll, it in the interim. I'll and, watch it. You'll watch yeah. it. This will be this will be a collective other thing the next time we meet. Yep. Because I love it. I I I think I'm going to stand by my position, but I'm prepared to be wrong. I trust your opinion on movies. I trust your well, opinion. You on You got to watch things. it with your wife. I will. Okay, we'll, watch we will probably watch it today. And what I want is, I want for your opinion to be influenced by hers, also influenced by hers. Yeah, no, no, I, I will bring both of our shared opinions, and and we will discuss it next and week. Heath Ledger, R.I.P. Yeah, I, continue. <laughs> okay, I, I just I, so Manhunt. I'm excited. It's good. It's it's really good. I would. Uh, you're flying, right? I'm flying. Yes. Do download a couple episodes. Watch them. We. Don't, I don't think our flight's long enough. Watch an episode okay. on the flight. It's yeah. an hour-long flight. They're 45-minute episodes. Done. Yeah. Done. Uh, so so that actually is a is a good segue to my other thing. Do my, we? My other thing is also a binge-worthy show. A binge-worthy show uh, available only on HBO. Hubbo. Uh, a, a show that you've watched uh, and, and talked about in the past, um, but I don't think it's ever been another thing on the show. I don't know that it has either. Uh, so Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley is a show that uh, has been on HBO and it's got a fantastic run and people have always talked about it. We're in like season six, seven, se- se- six or seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Kim and I are right in the first parts of season four right now. Okay. Uh, and we've been we've been binging it. And again, not anything fantastic. I, th- uh, I disagree. I think it is fantastic. However, totally, totally joyful. Uh, I actually compared this show uh, the other day in talking to Kim. I compared it to um, Shameless, the Showtime show, which... You know, I've never been able to get into Shameless. I've tried it a couple times, and it just, it doesn't, uh, it just hasn't done it for me. Here's the comparison uh, for me, which is, uh, this is a show that's got sort of episodic conflict an episodic resolution to conflict in the grand scheme of a uh, larger plot that, that extends over time. Uh, but the the conflict is almost always main character inspired. Some One of the main characters does something. Uh, <laughs> can we first, can we, can we sidetrack and talk about Kumail Nanjiani's physique how right he's now. yoked yeah he looks like a fucking Marvel hero so he's so I actually read this article before uh you pulled it up on my screen right now just some some man porn uh but yeah he's he spent the last year getting in very very good shape it, look at the veins in his bicep it, he's he's got a, a little bit of a Wolverine yeah type thing going on yeah. He looks like Sylvester Stallone in in like his peak, not Meatball current Sylvester Stallone, who's more yoked than he was in the eighties, but like yoked Sylvester Stallone of the eighties. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I, I think that he's probably on the short list of of sexiest Pakistani actors. Actors. He, <laughs> actors. That's a short list to begin with. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, unless you're in Pakistan. 
I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, it, it, incredible. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Chris Pratt did this a few years ago when he was preparing for Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was like, holy shit, Chris Pratt. Uh, you, when did you not get? When did you get unfat? Right, you, you know this guy. Uh, you, you, you know who's known as his role on Silicon Valley as being, you know, chronically unsexy, and you, you, you know. The, the nerd, right? They have to put him in a fat suit to be on set nowadays. Uh, all, all of a sudden, he's totally yoked and in incredible shape. Yeah, good for him. Sorry to interrupt. I just, when you started talking about that, I, I immediately, I saw this picture recently. I was like, holy shit. You know, we're not a lot gay, but we're a little gay on this show. For that guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so, so I, I want to talk about the show because I think it's just, I think like A Night's Tale, which is not another thing this week, but will be in, a, in, in our next episode, uh, just totally joyful. Every episode mm-hmm. is a stupid conflict. Uh, a st- and, and I say a stupid conflict because the conflicts are always sort of unrealistic and ridiculous. And then the resolution to those is similarly unrealistic and ridiculous, right? It, it's always some miraculous cure to some error in chair difficulty. And, and and that is is satisfying, but in a very surfacey way. With that said, the writing... And the acting and the interaction between the actors is just really uh, joyful. That's killer. That's killer. Fantastic dynamic. Uh, the actors are dynamic. Uh, who's the guy that plays Ehrlich Bachman? Um, is it TJ? What's TJ. What? It's not Ward. Uh, it's uh, TJ, TJ Ward is a different guy. It's, uh, it, oh, is it TJ Miller? TJ Miller. Yeah. yeah. So he is this. I actually don't like his character at all, and you're not supposed to. No. And I don't even particularly like his, I mean, his delivery is sort of yucky, and, you know, you can see, uh, you can't see, but you can see, uh, my my body is kind of, I don't like the way he delivers lines, I don't like the way he moves. With that said, it works so He's super cramery. Well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh the dynamic and 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 the the main character Richard Hendricks is this sort of overblown, uh, uh, you, you you know perhaps Asperger's style nerd, and he nails it, mm-hmm. fucking nails. I love it. I really really love the show. We've watched four seasons in two weeks. Yikes! You That's, know because th- it's worth that. Three or four episodes a night, just sort of turned it on. And last night it was twelve forty five. And I was like, can we watch another episode? And Kim was like, I want to. I want to, but I really know I need to get some sleep. That's the right kind of show. The one that you're willing to sacrifice the whole next day because of. <laughs> like uh, Portlandia, yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So that's I, my other thing. I'm willing to have work suck even more on a Monday. Well, I, I know as we sit here right now, there's no edits to this show because we fucking nailed we it. We did it. Which means we're at an hour 10 and 35, 36, 37. We're eight, nine. <laughs> 40. <laughs> <laughs> so we're over time. Andrew, is there anything else that you want to roll out before we cut for the day? Nah. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. And thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20. We're going to have some traveling watch project pictures up in between now and then. Uh, and it will hopefully at this point be in its next, de- next destination. Uh, check us out on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Again, Patreon's where we get all our support for the show. That's how we pay for hosting and all the things that we need that cost money for this show. Uh, a little bit actually helps uh, and and takes the burden off of us and our wives and mm-hmm. our kids' college accounts. Yeah. 
Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.